You're listening to The One Room with a View Show with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton. Hello and welcome to The One Room with a View Show. My name is Christopher Preston and joining me is the Magneto to my Professor X. It's Mr Dan Orton. Hello. Dan, it's a special podcast today. I'm really excited. How special is it on a grade of 1 to 10? 11. 11. We're going up to 11, are we really? Okay, of course, this is our X-Men special that everyone should know about. Yes, that I'd be very excited about. Excellent. I've got to get that one out of the way. (laughs) (laughs) before anyone else tries to do it. Okay, there's nothing going to be more extravagant than that, though, is there? No. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so what we're going to do is we should put up the spoiler disclaimer instantly, shouldn't we? Because we are going to be spoiling every one of the seven. We can't do this podcast without... There being spoilers. No. And we can't possibly expect people to not accidentally So we're, we're scrapping all of the usual rubbish that we usually come out with. All of the other um, features are being scrapped. This is just looking at X-Men and all of its beautiful fruits from the yes, last 14 years. Yeah. Um, you might hear some giggling in the background. These are our scamps that we've kind of roped in <laughs> more than anything else. Yes, the one room with a view staff. We can call them our own X-Men yeah. that we've assembled. The editorial team. Yes, so if you want to introduce yourselves, these are the people that are going to be discussing and debating 14 years' worth of X-Men films. So, obviously, I'm Christopher. You'll know me from the, from the podcast. Yep, and I'm Cameron. I'm Callum. I'm Olivia. And I'm Sophie. And who are you? Well, I'm Magneto. <laughs> <laughs> so, should we just crack on? Yeah, well, let's get on with it. Some X-Men old... That's really the kind of a sign of quality that we're really going to be good. There's just awful <laughs> silence. <laughs> right, so this is the first three X-Men. We're going to be doing the original X-Men trilogy from 2000 to 2006. Yeah. Uh, where to kick off? Well, let's start at the beginning, shall we? Let's. Very good place Traditional. to start. Mm. Um, so, I mean, what were your thoughts on the first film? Well, I'm going to throw it out because I've got some different thoughts that perhaps from other people. So... Cameron, would you do you want to start us off? X Men two thousand. The reboot that's gonna come out from the makers of Pokemon. <laughs> yes. But Cameron, you're a comic book fan, or you, or you know? Um, I am. I haven't actually read the ones that these are actually based on. Um, I mostly uh, I've read Age of Apocalypse, which is the one after Days of Future Past. So okay. Possibly not the time. But um, also read House of M and Son of M, which takes place even after that. So I'm, you know, I'm a bit sad that I'll probably never see those because mm. we've now got fast vendors, you know. The mighty fast. Well, they, they, I mean, we, what we should do really is that we've got a blend of people in here because Olivia, you've never seen the X Men films before these. No, I've no idea. Okay. I've no idea about it. Do you yeah. have any idea now? Or? I, well, I have some idea. We'll see how limited it is. Okay, so that's something to look forward to. <laughs> so we should say, the first X-Men film was 2000. It was Brian Singer directed, wasn't it? Yes. He kind of brought it in. Not only did he bring the X-Men film in, he kind of... It was a template, really, for the modern superhero Yeah, I mean, it has one it. of the most simple, simplest plots yeah. ever. Do you want to um, go with that, then, very briefly? Because we've got well, two other so films. So Magneto wants to turn all of the world's leaders into mutants... And he's going to use one of the X-Men to do it. And that's well, he's going to use Rogue. pretty much it. And Anna Paquin, yeah, yeah, who's um, kind of our holding our hand in a glove throughout this whole film. Well, I thought Wolverine is the is the audience really in this one, in the, you know, sort of the looking into the X-Men and always there with some sort of snarky response. Sure. You know, what so, what do people think of it? I mean, what, how did people engage with this film? Um, I was eleven. Okay. When that 
guess I was kind of there at the right time to on the cusp of everything. Um, sure. It made a massive impact on me okay. as a child. I don't really read comics. I'm a huge superhero movie fan. I love all of them. I know everything about them. I go and then I Wikipedia everything that happens. Um, sure. And Rogue was actually a really big deal for me. I think the only role model I'd had before that was Matilda. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> and what a leap. <laughs> and Matilda, Matilda in her own way, an X-Man. She's in the background yeah. of most of the scenes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So uh, <laughs> Rogue made a, a really big impact on me. And I remember watching it, and it was kind of the first... I'd not been that into sci-fi as a child, and then I watched X-Men, and, and I think Rogue was very important. I thought it was interesting what you were saying about... Wolverine being the kind of the eyes in because I think that's true mm. but then I think Rogue is the sort of the overarching eyes in of the whole yeah. film because she without her we don't see Wolverine at all true and we see him I think the, his introduction is incredible is that the the cage fight the cage yeah. fighting yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah. what a way to kind of meet Wolverine for the first time uh, but that's that's how we kind of see her see him first of all is through her eyes he's quite gruff and scary and I think that was that really engaged me. Mm. And the relationship between Wolverine and Rogue is very important mm. throughout, but especially in that first one, and again in the other, in the in the following two, it get less so, I think. Later well, that, I think that Rogue is one of the one of the great parts of the first two films, and I think the third film, which is kind of pretty much dissed throughout the lands, uh, it kind of suffers because there is a, a lack of Rogue in that film. She kind of gets replaced almost by um, Kitty Pryde, doesn't she, Ellen Page's character? Yes, which is a shame. Because, yeah, as you say, she's an excellent character and role yeah. model. Um, but, I mean, I guess he had so many characters in that film, he decided just to cross a few off the list yeah. and, and focus more on... I mean, so many characters in Last Stand just get unduly, essentially, written out. Just sidelined. And, and killed. <laughs> but it seemed, it seemed to me that... And, again, I just watched these, so I the plot lines are all over the place. Right? Okay. But it seemed to me that Rogue's storyline seemed quite... It's quite romantically based. It seemed to be mainly about her angst with Bobby and yeah. Kitty, and I got really sidetracked figuring that one out because <laughs> I didn't know what the basis for that was. I had no idea about the comic book sure. um, background. So, yeah, it was a shame to kind of go from her being so foreground in the first two mm. to kind of having this romantic subplot, which I didn't yeah. know. I mean, what do you guys think? I don't think you need to have read the comics, though, necessarily, to really get those films, and maybe you were overthinking it too much <laughs> from that perspective. I think quite they possibly. stand alone quite well. As, uh, and the first one does a very good job of introducing a lot of characters. Yeah. Um, and I mean, what the film is. Uh, about two hours, know, I think, isn't it? Yeah, well, something like that. Is it hour. really? It's only it's an hour. It's a very speedy 90 minutes. And, and you meet all those characters and you know exactly what all those characters mm. are. And well, I think that's why when people were saying about uh, when Avengers came out, and just before Avengers came out, people were going, oh, it'll never happen. The egos are too big. There's too many characters and things. And yet, kind of. What twelve years before Brian Singer made X Men with more characters, yes, um, uh, and and he, and he does pull it off. I think for the most part X Men works. I don't I think it's exactly the same. I think that the thing that people forget about um, X Men now is that it came before Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. It came before mm. the Marvel Juggernaut, and so it does look a little bit not necessarily limp, but dilute in comparison. Especially when we look at the kind of devastation that Man of Steel and things delivered. Um, only last year, I think. I think the fact that you see Wolverine tied with a aluminium bar in the Statue of Liberty, it kind of it loses its impact a little. But it is their their dad, really, isn't it? It's the kind of thing that shepherded yes, this new age. Up, it sets up the franchise. Yeah, which you know, I suppose it was supposed to do. Mm. You know, there was going to be inevitable. 
the sequels mm. back then when they were making it. Mm. Um, and it does that very well. I think that's what made it fall flat for me because, and it was it was so frustrating because I guess with Sophie, this had such an impact on you from, from a young age, whereas for me, I, I, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, movies. I, I, I like The Dark Knight. Sure. Have mixed feelings about Man of Steel, but its effects were great. Um, whereas coming and then having seen all of those and then watching X Men felt odd to me. It felt a bit off because there wasn't the kind of pop culture zing of the Avengers. There yeah. wasn't the kind of yeah I don't know nihilistic post nine eleven I guess even kind of um, darker landscape of Dark Knight and I guess Man of Steel. It was it just felt kind of you know it, like you said it was a precursor and I could tell that, but. For me, it was a downside rather than yeah. a plus. Yeah, like I, I mean, for me, like Sophie, it was just something that I really, really, really loved as a kid. And like, I mean, this this must have been the first time in about five years that I'd watched any of the first trilogy, and just rewatching X Men for the first time since you know the whole Marvel thing happened. <laughs> it was just like, okay, this this really does not stand up at all when you compare it to you know the way they handled the ensemble casting the Avengers and stuff like that and also yeah. the the tone as well uh like part of the reason i really loved it so much was because it seemed a bit more slow a bit more contemplative a lot of it is set out in the wilderness of canada <laughs> of all places and stuff but then of course when you have to sit through the dark night rises and then go back and watch x-men you're like actually it, it's really just a load of expository dialogue kind of just <laughs> dressing up as character yeah. development i think there is a, ha a haze of nostalgia Definitely, yeah. yeah I think you were saying about the cartoon series and things that kind of did. <laughs> exactly. the, the, the great thing about X-Men that I kind of want to talk about, particularly with the trilogy, and I think we'll kind of come back um, in our later discussions about these kind of new, the, the, the new trilogy, if it will end up being one of the, um, is the, the fact that X-Men really is so allegorical in a lot of its uh, themes. So like in X-Men 2, or X2, I think it's just abbreviated to, you've got that wonderful coming out scene with Bobby, the Iceman, yes. where he kind of comes out to his parents as a mutant. Uh, and apparently that, uh, that scene is actu was actually kind of um, helped along the way by Sarian McKellen yes, to try and make it... Co unofficially co-directed the scene. Yeah. Um, but there are... So that wonderful line from his mum saying, have you ever tried not, not being, being a mutant? Not being a mutant, of course, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so they, they do tackle the themes, um, I think. Well, obviously Brian Singer has... That was an attraction for him. Perhaps. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's the most prevalent in the first two films, isn't it? Sorry, Sophie. Yeah, I just, I think I was reading that um, that was, Brian Singer, I think he turned the film down two or three times. Oh, really? Yes, because he thought, it's a comic book film, it's going to be ridiculous. And then he watched the animated series, which we were talking about, and he really took on the idea of it being an allegory for other things. Mm. Yeah. And he suddenly, I think that was what changed his mind. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, Well, he'd worked with Ian McKellen on his previous film. Ian McKellen said the same thing that 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 allegory was what attracted him to the role. Yeah, so. and it's certainly I think it's something about mutants that is more uh, heavy than say. They, they, I mean, there is that whole outcast thing mm. um, that it's, it opens up so many possibilities of stories um, that, that maybe stuff like Iron Man can't really do. He's not really an outcast, is he? Iron Man, he's a billionaire playboy. No, he's cool. Uh, <laughs> he's cool. He has a, he's the Dan Alton of the Marvel <laughs> franchise. <laughs> <laughs> But, but the the X Men they are they are they are mutants which is uh, and they are mostly despised word. aren't they even yeah. when they become X Men like the Avengers when uh, the Battle of New York happens in the Avengers and you have the rolling news which is is kind of very um, 
superhero-y. They always use their rolling news things. And it's like, oh, I'd love to meet Iron Man. I, the Hulk is my favourite and all that kind of thing. But throughout the whole of the first yes. trilogy, they are continually no despised, they aren't they? The they X-Men. They always scapegoated or blame, you know, blamed and making things worse and so on, which kicks up a gear in the second film with, with Stryker. I don't know what people think. Is that an improvement on... I mean, I think X2, I'll say it now, is the best of the seven. It's my okay. favourite. Okay, okay. Um, Dan's throwing all of his cards <laughs> down. <laughs> uh, no poker face here. <laughs> and everyone's just in a stunned <laughs> silence. Sorry. I mean, we well get it out early. I, oh, I I dear. Are you going to rip your shirt off in a minute as well? <laughs> no. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Come on, this is radio. You do a little bit of magic. <laughs> but X2, I have a lot of love for X2. And I think... It, um, well, what do people think? What's the general consensus about X2? I mean, I think commonly it is the the best, apart from Days of Future Past, it is the best reviewed. It's um, 87% on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, and I think generally people kind of consider it to be the best. What do we think? I mean, yeah, I've written down number one. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I'm not alone. You're not alone. Like, I'm ripping my shirt off right here, Cameron, put your shirt back on, son. <laughs> Are you going to take your shirt off, <laughs> Callum? I've got two on. <laughs> Are you, is the second one for the second one? Yeah. <laughs> so how old were we? Well, X2 came out uh, in 2003, so I was 13 when that came out. But again, I didn't see, I didn't see either the first two in the cinema. Okay. It was definitely a, a, a DVD, VHS even, maybe, <laughs> event at home. Well, I can remember... Um, X-Men vividly coming out on VHS and sitting there watching it. And I do think that, particularly the first two films, they are kind of buttered in that nostalgia of watching it as a kid. And that's why I can completely understand, Olivia, if you're coming um, coming at it much later, having seen all those other films, the Marvel Universe, the Nolan Universe, they are... Two is the most like the the more modern superheroes, I think, in terms of stakes, in terms of kind of uh, effects and story going on at the same time. And universe building. The characters, I think most of the. I mean, save poor Cyclops, who doesn't seem to get anything in it. I don't know if people agree with me. The, the whole of that original trilogy, Cyclops, is bear in mind he's the leader of the X Men in yeah. the comics, <laughs> horribly sidelined, yeah. um, and eventually, obviously, killed off after off screen. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Not even oh, given so the dignity of. Uh, was it just his sunglasses left on the roll? Yeah. yeah, he's only given the dignity of Patrick Stewart. Like an awful Calvin Nancy. Klein <laughs> advert. <laughs> It's like the rock and the lake and just his broken yes, kind of... broken red glasses. Yeah. Um, it's such an insult to the character. Yeah. Uh, but he, but he, and, and in X2 he doesn't get much either, does he? He's no. Like, he gets uh, Why is kidnapped they, by I think Stryker, they, they try to do Hawkeye, but they don't even give him the screen time that your Hawkeye uh, plotline gets in Avengers when he's turned into a bad guy. They have Cyclops is off screen for about 45 minutes having supposedly been captured by Stryker, that he yes. comes out for a very short fight with, is it, is it Gene or Storm? It's Gene. It's Gene, 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 yeah, and he's slightly evil for a moment and bashes his and head. Then, <laughs> oh, yeah, yes. I forgot, yeah. And he spends the rest of the movie carrying Gene around, <laughs> literally carrying the other characters. He's like Luke Skywalker in it, isn't he? To Gene's Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> She's just like a backpack um, for most of that. <laughs> uh, then he cries a bit at the end and gets yeah. a bit emotional. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they were going to do a lot more with his tears. I mean, isn't his, what's his eyes made of? Well, my brother and I were debating Plasma. this. Uh, I mean, when he cries, does he not just well up inside the glasses and cause, uh, you know, no end of... I think they couldn't get the effects for that, Dan. type <laughs> <laughs> you know, have to get up and doing that. And <laughs> Burning his hand halfway, yeah. yeah. Um, yes, can Cyclops even cry about... Here's a quick question. I know that we're kind of running out of time, and I do want to talk about The Last Stand as well. So, um, why is X2 commonly accepted as the best do we think is it because 
it is that that the, the the main precursor to what we know as su- the superhero genre that we love so much. I mean, at the time, the stakes are felt, higher. It felt it, it was the first one that, plus you know, times ten, it, you mm. know, it was better on many counts. The characters were all developed, save a couple. Um, they found an even worse villain. Mm. You know, someone who's even more evil it seems than Magneto uh, in in Brian Cox's uh, superb Stryker, superb William Stryker, Yeah. Um, and yeah, as you say, you mentioned the stakes. I don't know if anyone else wants to jump in. I, what do we think? It seems darker and more... Uh, I feel like in the other ones, they're uh, more like social justice warriors that have been uh, unfortunately pushed into active protest. Yeah, that's, mm. a, that's a nice idea, actually, yeah. yeah. I, th- I think X2 is the least like that. Like, they actually would have to go and do something rather than, oh, these guys, or oh, they're giving us a bad name, let's go and... Sure, that's... Yeah, so the stakes kind of go <laughs> yeah. bigger than just them. Well, yeah. Xavier's about to kill off the entire population is <laughs> they, mm. they've got to do something the, the weird thing is just I I got really really bored watching X2 okay. I was just bored wow. which is I don't and I, I was saying I don't I, I, Dan's I, put I his shirt back on by bad, the way <laughs> I don't think it's a bad film at all I just was bored I think I don't know I, I think maybe what bored you um, I think I, I'm trying to remember the plot now Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> Very forgettable. Um, I don't know. I, there, was there a lot of Wolverine going on? I think was, yeah, I'm not a huge Wolverine fan, so okay. which means the whole of the X Men. Right. Well, this is going to be a definite. <laughs> 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 it's just been a difficult, difficult ride. I okay. don't know. I think I think I did, the moments I appreciated the most were, um, where I think the the bits with with Jean, I guess, but. I just want to apologise on behalf of all of us for putting you through this nightmare. <laughs> um, but I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad that we someone... We have a different, uh, different opinion. Should we quickly talk about the last... Stage? I think we should. And, and is it as bad as everyone expected or, or remembered? I mean, um, it is pretty dreadful. I enjoyed it. Oh, no! I <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's it, I'm off. Some <laughs> <laughs> criticism is... <laughs> so we'll have another shirt. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, that, that has got, there's a question in there. Actually, well, what, Olivia, what, why did why you enjoy, enjoy it? it? Let's hear from Olivia. Um, I enjoyed it. Again, I like Jean very much. I like that she had... An, I, it wasn't a very well-constructed arc, but she had an arc, yeah. you know? And I was really... I found it really compelling. I found um, Dark Phoenix really interesting. I, 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 I found the pathos... pathos Someone pronounced that correctly. Hey, Thank boss. you, guys. English lit grads <laughs> to the rescue, yeah. Of her story to be the most moving of the first three, that just out of all of them, except maybe Rogue in the first one. I just, I, I liked her emotional arc. Mm. I, have to, I agree, actually. Okay. I think, I just think that it's, I think everything Olivia said is completely valid. Like, it's not as a story. I think I, you'll hear this from me later, but I really think the films suffer when Brian Singer is not involved. And I think that maybe that, that obvious. yes, <laughs> and I think that was it was Mr. Brett Ratner. I just <laughs> want to say um, who directed this. Sorry, carry yeah, on. So and I, so I think that kind of is a big part of it. But I just think it's like that the moment at the end with her and Wolverine. I think is a really interesting kind of yeah, culmination um, of everything that's built up. Considering it's such a strange love triangle romance storyline that doesn't have a yeah, lot of I mean, basis yeah, to it or depth. Wolverine that and Jean never have a relationship. Wolverine no. is essentially. A, a man obsessed with a woman he can't have. Yeah. It's a bit creepy, but... We're, you know, I think it becomes uh, more potent in the third but part, But you're right, that it? moment at the end is very good. And, and The Last Stand shouldn't be dismissed. It's not an overall... It's not a, a outright terrible movie. Mm. Um, 
there are some. It's not diabolical. No, it's just no. bad, especially compared to its um, kind I mean, of old this brothers. Is fil- this is a film that cast Kelsey Grammer as Hank McCoy. Yeah. See, I, I kind of and I kind dare of anyone to disagree. Well, with I, I'm going to disagree <laughs> with that just because <laughs> he, he, he reminds me of a Smurf Peter Mannion from the <laughs> thick of it. So I, 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 I can't kind of with his like slick back hair and it's kind of big and bright blue and. That, I don't think they ever get the effects of Beast right in either trilogy. Well, you know I'm a big Frasier fan, so okay. I, I, I'm going to respectfully I would disagree with you. That would give me the opposite opinion of Beast. The, um, yeah, the, the relationship between Beast and Logan in this, which falls down to about four lines in the entire thing, um, <laughs> develops so importantly to the point that the final line, discounting the, um, the mid-credits bit where um, Xavier sort of comes back, um, the final line of the entire trilogy is "Way to go, Verbal." <laughs> Perfect. I think that that's leads... a very good point. I think that's. A I think that leads us to Bob ratings yes, then. Yes, nicely. Okay, so let's go for for Bob ratings. Should we go for X Men, then X Two, then Last Stand? Yeah, yeah. So X Men around the circles we did before. So starting with uh, well, you, I guess. Let's no. Let's start with um, Cameron. Right, start yeah. Cameron. Go on, Cameron. Okay, my uh, first Bob for number one would be four. Four bobs. Okay, four bobs. That, that, that's how it works. That's um, how it works. X2 or oh, Save X2, oh, wait, 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 one wait, second. Wait, wait, wait. So X-Men, uh, four, four bobs from Cameron. Cameron. Callum. Uh, okay, X-Men was a four, but I think it hasn't stood up, so three bob for me. Um, I'm, I'm gonna Magneto. <laughs> if you will. Four, four from me. Um, I, I did give it a two, but I, pre- I, I reconsidered... Dan just fell off his chair. <laughs> <laughs> I reconsidered um, my initial reaction to three. Okay. Um, yeah, the whole idea, maybe it hasn't stood up to time so much, but I've got, there's so much nostalgia there. I can't look past that, so it's a four. Okay, and I'm going to completely agree with Callum. Uh, I would have given it a four back in, back in 2000, uh, when I was 10. <laughs> but um, I don't think it stands up as much anymore, so I'm going to go for it with three. Right, X2. I know you're itching, Cameron. Go for it. Yeah, uh, apologies for the deja vu here, but uh, four bobs. <laughs> uh, five for me. Uh, I'm... I'm going to give it four. I wanted to give it five. I thought that was a bit too generous. Maybe we can discuss that later. In Canada somewhere. <laughs> I'm going to stick with four. It, um, di- for different reasons to the first one. But okay. Four all the same. Two. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh! That was Olivia. Olivia. <laughs> Go on, so. And I'm going to stay with four as well. Right, finally the... I hope the... you realise, Olivia, that Brian Singer <laughs> listens to this podcast. Yeah, yeah he doesn't I'm listen sorry, to any... Sorry, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> At the last stand, quick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I gave it a three, three box. Also a three. A three from me as well. A three from me. Uh, a two from me. And I'm going to go with Sophie, two. Please stick around. We're going to be looking at... Uh, is it the Wolverines next, Dan? Yes, the Wolverines. No, the Wolverines! Christ. Hugh Jackman there. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Hugh. <laughs> See you in a bit. Checks in the post. Yeah. We've got Ian McKellen later. So, yes. <laughs> so we're looking at the Wolverines, quite obviously. X-Men Origins, the Wolverine uh, from 2009, and the Wolverine, and the Wolverine from yeah. 2013. Yeah. Where to begin? Let's look at the initial one first, X-Men Origins The Wolverine, which I believe was supposed to be the kind of first of many Origins films, but yes. obviously didn't do particularly I mean, well. The plan was yeah, to, do, to sort of have X-Men Origins and then each character, Magneto, Magneto was, was to have one, but then a lot of his plot ended up in first class. So Which we will come and, to, and yeah. Origins was obviously completely savaged by critics and audiences alike, so I believe they, they 
38% on Rotten Tomatoes, the lowest, the lowest of um, any X-Men film so far. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even Hugh Jackman came out and said it was, the finished product was not what he had in mind. Well, because originally he was supposed to, he was kind of collaborating on the script because he wanted it to be much more of a character piece and to focus on kind of Wolverine, how he did yes. come to be the Wolverine, at least. And we should say, yes, so the, the film, as the name suggests... Ron Seal of the X-Men films, yeah. it, it explores Wolverine's past up until the point where he loses his memory. So we explore his past... Uh, right from in, well, very, very young very adulthood. When he, yes, um, so when he's obviously a teenager in the 1800s, through to the Vietnam War, and because obviously he heals a lot, he heals and ages slower than regular humans. Yeah. Uh, at his meeting with Stryker, uh, the grafting of the adamantium onto his bones and the fallout from that... I just want to say first off, now I, I kind of know that everyone's going to trash this film, or at least people have kind of in the you know general film circles. But that opening sequence, like the credit sequence, is a really great piece of film, and I just love it that when they when they kind of drag you through Wolverine's life through the wars, so you see him fighting in the Civil War, um, World War One, World War Two, the Vietnam War. That that really is great. It's I such would a like one. to see him on a day off. Yeah, <laughs> well, nice. I'd halfway through the credits, just <laughs> having a cigar. Yeah. Oh god, that's just good. Sitting back and relaxing before going on for another war. Yeah, well, I don't think Wolverine has days off. I don't think the blokes had a good night's sleep in the last kind of two hundred years. But yeah, I just wanted to say that yes, I acknowledge that the film is cack, but that that opening sequence I think is great. And then Will I Am turns up and kind of you're like, sorry, is that Will I Am? <laughs> yeah, that's where things begin to derail. Yes. For me. I saw his name in the credits and went. Seriously? Yeah, the Will I Am. Yeah, not <laughs> Will I Am Shatner or. Uh... <laughs> it would have been a far better film if, if Will I Am Shatner had started it. Yeah, as striker. That is how he's going these days, by the way. It was Will down I Am to Shatner. him and Danny Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But why is it bad? What do people think? What do people think of it? What What do we think of X Men Origins Wolverine? Well, they wrecked Deadpool. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Unforgivable. It's, it's pretty irritating. They did but sew up Ryan Reynolds' pretty, mouth, though. He's pretty promising in the whole. In their whole franchise, I, it's such a strange move. Yeah. You, do, you could easily have another branch off with Deadpool. Mm. Who was four, but he's only four. actually in it for about seven minutes, isn't he? Or something ridiculous. Like, right at the end, isn't he Deadpool? Yeah, and like, you know, Wolverine cutting his head off. Yeah. He can't be doing that. He's got... <laughs> he can't be doing he's that. He's got adamantium bone as well. What's this about? I don't know. He can't. Are you, are you okay there? You're right. I'm very upset by the whole It's not real. It is, it is a movie. Cameron, Cameron just hasn't gone over the death of Deadpool. Yeah. <laughs> There's a morning period. Well, he's played by Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Of all the people. I haven't got over Ryan Reynolds playing Deadpool. No. So. I like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah? No. no. Like, wrong choice. Yeah. But the scene when he's uh, using his swords to, to stave all the bullets, you're just watching going... That's the guy from the proposal. So. <laughs> 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 just all the way through. But that's well. Um, yeah, where's Sandra Bullock? Like, Cameron and I was obviously at Sundance London. We saw the voices, and I couldn't help but see his psychopathic character from that in Deadpool when he's looking <laughs> at him with those awful bloodshot eyes. But yeah, Ryan Reynolds, not the kind of. But it isn't just Deadpool. I mean, it, everything is wrong with this film, really. It had speaking. such a. I think maybe because it could have had the potential to be really, really good. Mm. And Wolverine is an interesting And character. Hugh Jackman is such a good Wolverine. Like, yeah. I, I, you know, I think he is really and, the only thing that makes this watchable. And because X2 went down so well, this is, I mean, this film is so linked to the second X-Men film, and obviously links to Striker and Wolverine's past, that yeah. I think people were hoping for something that wasn't what we saw on screen. 
I just think that, I mean, it was 2009, so this is only five years ago, and the effects are dreadful in it. Like, his um, claws, parts of it reminded me of, you know, like, when you're using, uh, using like, photo booth on Mac, and you're doing the backgrounds, and it doesn't look quite right? Yeah. And, like, you just saw his, like, his claws shaking in the scene where he goes to the old couple, and they find him in the barn, and he's, like, it's looking, and, yeah, and he takes the sink off. And it's like, they can't even line up the claws at that time. I mean, for a film that cost $100, $150 million... And why cast Danny Houston as a young William Stryker, who we've already seen as this sort of podgy fat bloke? <laughs> podgy fat bloke one, set. Dan. Let's get his <laughs> IMDb yeah. credit right. No offence to Brian Cox, but, I mean, if you're going to... I mean, at least with First Class, they found actors that vaguely resembled... Sure, yeah. ...what you could imagine those characters looking like. When I think younger. Patrick Stewart definitely sees himself like that <laughs> when he looks in the mirror, sure. I, think... I don't know, I just never got that over there. <laughs> I was going to say as well, I think... I didn't actually hate it. I kind of enjoyed it, and I think, again, it's, it's a case of uh, Hugh Jackman, his performance pulls you through the film. But this is, for me, where their continuity really starts to go. Yeah, and continuity is going to be a big it's, discussion, I think, later yeah, on. because that's yes. a really big thing for me. And it's the, you know, it's the first time I really think it starts to show that there is not a coherent Yeah, and here. it takes you away from the story, doesn't it? I mean, if you're sitting there watching these films and then you suddenly realise that whatever you're watching conflicts directly with what you've previously watched or yeah. will eventually watch, you start to wonder, well, it takes you completely out and you're sat there going, well, that's a continuity error, that doesn't connect. Or you don't realise what I found is I didn't realise. <laughs> or you don't realise. No, 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 sorry, no, 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 to finish, I, no, I, it's not that I didn't realise that there was something wrong, but I thought there was something I'd missed. Okay. So I got more confused thinking, oh, gosh, what major scene did sure. I miss from this film? I much preferred the Wolverine. Yeah, I think I was going to say, because we're going to, we won't, I'm just realising we're pressing for time again. (laughs) The Wolverine is certainly an improvement. Absolutely. Uh, It's not perfect by any means, but it's certainly a much better Wolverine film. It's a shame it sort of descends into, uh, let's defeat the boss at the top of the tower. Yeah, the the final act of the Wolverine is fairly dreadful. And it seems sad because it is quite ambitious in its own way. It takes Wolverine completely off. They take him to yes. Japan. Um, th- th- the opening sequence, again, is really great when... Um, he, is he in Nagasaki? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I believe so, yeah, doesn't he? And he saves uh, one of the uh, Japanese officers. Uh, that's a really wonderful sequence, and I think everything from that... And then it just derails in this really dreadful kind of final act that yeah. sees him I mean, fighting say about a Cyberman. The, the bit I enjoy about it most is the post credit scene with... With, with the boys. And it's a shame that that is the one thing that I look forward to when watching that. Callum, thoughts? Why did it take place in the airport of all places? Why did they have to corner him there in a public place? It was just so completely unnecessary. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, it's completely fucking ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I liked it. I, I think it's just because I really love Ian McKellen's look. He looks like his face is melting <laughs> when he looks up from that fedora and he just goes... <laughs> it yeah. is very melodramatic what he says. It's great. The dark forces are massing. Yeah, the dark forces are massing. I think that was his line from The Hobbit, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. He's got many a very times, packed many schedule. Times I think he's just For a 75 year old. Yeah. Some easy ADR. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, I think we're going to kind of have to run into Bob ratings again. Um, we've got a lot to get through, unfortunately. Is there anything else that anyone really wanted to say about The Wolverine? I feel like, I mean, The Wolverine uh, Origins, I think, you know, we've kicked it about enough. Yeah, well, just, leave, I, just leave it alone. <laughs> I probably just want to say that I thought it did, for a film, for, for a Hollywood film based in Japan, mm. it, it did a decent job. Yeah, I think so too. I, didn't, I mean, I was talking a bit before about it, about how, whether or not it, 
it managed to do anything with the culture that wasn't completely, you know, um, I guess reductive and, and uh, generic. But um, it did to an extent, but I don't, it didn't do the whole samurai thing as much as it yeah. could have. And it, For a film so produced by Fox Studios, yeah. I think it did quite well, <laughs> really. And let's not forget the, the train sequence. The train sequence, yeah, can we, in fact, let's just extend this a little bit because we need to talk about the train sequence. That is a really great piece of, like, blockbustery cinema. And they they made, you know, what is more generic in an action film than a train chase sequence? And yet to set it above, on the roof, flying through Japan at 300 miles an hour is genius. And and it really is wonderful. Like, you know, it's a cracking set piece, yeah. It's better, I mean, it doesn't uh, (laughs) sort of descend into... The mess that was Magneto lifting the Golden Gate Bridge of course, in the last of course, time, yeah. which is also a, a spectacular set piece. Yeah, bloody ridiculous. But I just, lo- I just love this. You know, you just see him. They're two blokes fighting, grappling. They're jumping over bits and yeah, things. Yeah. It's a great, great. Bit. I got distracted though because she's, she's just listening to I- her iPod, and I just couldn't help thinking, where did she get that iPod from? Did mm. she, was she? Had I it think in her they're wedding all dress? Like, in trip. What was wedding, going? Not wedding dress. No, no. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I had this Have image of her. No, 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 sorry, I was thinking of the, the ceremony, not wedding dress. But yeah, in, in this ceremony, did she have her iPod there? Like, what? That felt a bit weird to me, but other than that, it's good. See, I actually, I hated that film. The Wolverine. <laughs> well, I should have spoken of earlier. It didn't need to be an X-Men film. Okay. Nothing remotely X-Men-y happened. There's like, there's the, there's Viper. But True. Mean, Wolverine doesn't even have his powers. And Viper is is there for a bit and sort of is a bit of a mutant at the end, but that's about it. Yeah. It could have been any other thing. Any other thing. Yeah, but you can. No, you're right. As soon as you say that, because Hugh Jackman said about Origins that he felt it was just another X Men film. Mm. He didn't want to make that, so he probably was very pleased with how. See, I think what makes X Men strong as a franchise is the huge amount of miscellaneous characters that you see, and you didn't get this in that. And I don't think as well that if you look at Wolverine, it stands up to some of the solo outings of the Avenger franchise, which it needs to. Like yeah. this, what this isn't a, a film like Iron Man or the most recent Captain America or anything like that. And I think it needed to be if they're going to try and um, kind of uh, branch out the franchise in the same kind of way. I'm conscious we need to do yeah, Bob so ratings. Bob, Cameron, do you want to start us again? And, and and if you want to do like a one sentence thing as to why as well, because I know that you have beef with the Wolverine. <laughs> So let's do X-Men Origins Wolverine first, though. Okay. I actually, despite what I said earlier, I gave Origins 3. Okay. Did you want to say why? Um, no. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I like Gambit. Gambit okay, that's good. Cool. Really, the, the Sabretooth relationship, they at least gave Sabretooth some nice stuff rather than the glam rock version of <laughs> the first three. Sure. So hey, it was the early noughties. <laughs> Callum? Um, yeah, the more I think about it, I, I would bump it up to a three, yeah. I'm still going to give it a two. Uh, I'm giving it a two, too. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a three, which I think... It's just kind of... It's not bad, it's not great, but it's not the worst thing I've ever seen. So mm. it's kind of... And again, I really... I think that credit sequence, the title sequence, that just sold the whole film for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to give it a two. <coughs> two for that and Hugh Jackman. Because he's great. But anyway, the Wolverine, beef time. <laughs> um, I actually gave it a two. Okay. I, just, I, went, I went in there, I wanted to watch an X-Men film, and it just wasn't. So that's that's fairly understandable. Yeah, that's great. Uh, also a three, I think. Uh, sorry, I thought it's a three for me. Um, a three for me, because 
I said bored with Wolverine, but it wasn't <laughs> that, that boring of a movie, so. Um, yeah, no, I'm going to a three again, probably for a similar kind of reason. I wasn't watching anything new, but I wasn't watching the worst thing that I could, you know, I, it wasn't the worst way to spend my time. Yeah, I'm going to go for three as well. I think it's a kind of not bad. I mean, the train sequence obviously is excellent, but it's not a bad blockbuster as they go. Um, but I, I wish it had been better to be able to kickstart uh, kick these kind of individual X-Men films again. Yes. And that's the Wolverines. Some X-Men film new. Right, so this is the, the new X-Men that we're going to be talking about. First Class from 2011 and uh, Days of Future Past from 2014. Yes. So First Class uh, goes right as it, as it says goes right back to uh, the 60s yep. and introduces us to all of our favourite, well not all of our favourite characters, but a lot of our favourite characters um, in their younger selves uh, and and looks at um, their the formation of the X-Men and the fight against Sebastian Shaw who wants to um, Kevin Bacon from the EE turn all humans into mutants. So a little bit of a similar, of, yeah. He certainly wants to plots. put them at the front of things, doesn't yes, he? Yes, he believes mutants are superior. Uh, and they've got to basically stop him before he causes a nuclear war yeah. in the form of the Cuban Missile Crisis. And do Days of Future Past as well before we get into and, the debate. I mean, Days of Future Past, how, how do you sum that up? Um, it's set within two different timelines, so the time, well, kind of a little bit later than the timelines that we've seen in yeah, the so, so it's 1973 trilogy. and 2023. 23, yeah. Uh, 2023 is a dystopian future whereby Sentinels have eradicated pretty much all of life on Earth. Yeah. And, and there are ragtag group of X-Men left to fight fight one final fight by sending Wolverine back to his younger body mm. to persuade uh, young Magneto and Charles Xavier to stop young Mystique from shooting someone that young Tyrion Lannister <laughs> which will cause the dystopian future in the first place absolutely and gutted because of 1973 that we didn't get a Sam Tyler or Gene Hunt cameo but that was me discussions <laughs> beginneth let's go with first class first Sophie, yeah. you have these thoughts about First Class. <laughs> I hate that film. Okay. Um, so one more time, a bit louder. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Right. Can you just stop diluting? Just tell us exactly what you think, okay? Yeah, don't beat around the bush. Yeah. Um, I was so excited for that film. So excited. It's the biggest disappointment in my entire life. Wow. <laughs> that's, that's that, you must have had a good play. life. Sophie, madness. <laughs> tell us um, more. I just... It's, it's so messy. Like... So I think the, one of the things that the, the first two, X-Men and X-Men 2, do really well is the ensemble. They do it. They, they've got... Because they've, they've got Wolverine to anchor them, but none of the other characters suffer. Mm. They all feel like they get their equal amount of screen time without taking away from the story. Whereas First Class, I, it's, there's a little bit happening here and a bit here and a bit here. And I feel like they were trying to sell us that, you know, the Magneto, Xavier kind of... Uh, Romance, yeah. as it were, um, but they sort of they they seem to expect everything that had gone before to do the work for us, even though it was different actors, it was a different time, and the chemistry between them I think is really great between Fassbender and McAvoy. But they gave us a couple of scenes and then said, right here you go, this is this you know this relationship that's got to pull you through the entire film, mm. and then they just went, oh, and then we're going to look over here and then over here and then over here, yes. and it just it's very they, messy. And they do seemingly know each other for what all of a fortnight. Mm before suddenly becoming chess-playing old friends. I'm going to completely come in now and say that I love First well, Class. I, yeah, I, don't want I to think First Class is... First Class? 
I think it's first hey, class. Thank you very much. Avoid that, but... uh, I, uh, I absolutely loved first class. When it came out, I remember I went to go and see it. It came out in 2011. And uh, I just felt like I needed to go and see it again. Uh, it it gave me such... It was a wonderful tonic from The Last Stand. Yeah, uh, maybe it was that, but I just thought that it kind of returned to things. Like I like the fact that it looks at, um, like there's that kind of McCarthyism vibe going on where mutants ha are having to kind of come out and things like that. And it's got the 60s backdrop. And I thought that all of the pre uh, the younger versions, so like James McAvoy, uh, uh, but, uh, casting James McAvoy as like a beer chugging Professor X, mm -hmm. who's an absolute lad going around the universities, <laughs> yeah. I mean, was genius. Michael Fassbender is an amazing young Magneto as well. Yes. Uh, of that, Sophie. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? Totally agree. I do. Best thing. Yeah. thing about that film. Uh, I, and I, I think it's, it's, fu it's a fun film. Like, I do think that they do have a lot of fun with, with the film. Like, the, um, you know, the setting up of the bromance, the, the, the cheekiness of Professor X, and the kind of James Bond-esque-ness of Magneto going through... Uh, where, where, what Europe, uh, European country is he in, where he's, like, throwing knives around at people in a bar? He was in Austria. Austria. Oh, Argentina. Yeah, sorry, yeah, Argentina, yeah. In Egypt. Austria. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it was Austria for some reason. But, yeah, I, I, I just loved all of that, and, I, and I, just everything about it. I remember seeing it and just... Come out, coming out with a big, broad smile on my face. Yeah, I'm much the same. Sorry, mm. so. Uh, I don't know. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm yes! Sure. <laughs> I, so I told you guys, I lied to you all. I told you that I had no familiarity with X-Men. Okay. I actually did see First Class when it first came out. Why would you lie to us? <laughs> Sorry, we, when oh, we set rules out at the beginning, we said you can spoil, but you cannot lie. <laughs> You've disregarded that rule. I just, I don't know, I'm a, I'm a deceptive person. Why did you hear into the... Into our homes? Yes! Yeah. This is a compliment, I'm taking that well. But no, and I loved it at the time, even though I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Um, and <laughs> Um, but no, Can I, I, ask you, I just imagine you watching films, your Clapping entire like, film watching life is just sitting there going, I absolutely think... No, sorry, <laughs> I think this is a really... I think this is, this is a what really... Am I, watching? I think this is a really important point, because Sophie said that she felt um, the original trilogy had to do a lot of work to set it up, <laughs> but, but are you saying that's not necessarily the truth I then? I am exactly saying that. Sure, because yeah, I agree no. with you. I do agree with you. Well, and, but what I enjoy so much about it, I, I think, is because kind of what I was saying about how why I didn't enjoy um, X-Men and X X2 and no I did enjoy Last Time but the first two um, was because I felt like they were so separated from what we've been seeing so far whereas obviously First Class 2011 it's right slap bang in, yeah. not in the middle but yeah basically in the middle of what we now see superhero comics on screen now. absolutely so yeah it felt very very familiar there's a lot of familiar faces in that I liked one of my favourite things is that I, I always like the school. I love the fact that there's this like institutional like like centre to X-Men. It feels really weird, especially with the original cartoons, which I vaguely remember watching. It's just this it feels kind of at odds with the superhero lifestyle that there's this school there. Yeah, it's like and a I, prep school yeah, as well. Yeah, it's really bizarre. Um, but I loved it and it was really nice to kind of I liked how how much we got to see of that school atmosphere in it. Like a kind of Harry Potter esque vibe. I'm kidding. Yeah, it, was, <laughs> it was nice to have that I I mean that training montage, mm. where you get to see suits. that side of, which you don't see so much of in the. Oh yeah, the one where they have beasts running at the speed of light. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not saying the content of it was good. <laughs> no, I agree. I do agree. I think what's really nice about it is that they, in my opinion, they get the um, the setting in terms of it going back in time to the 60s. That they they manage to get that capture that well. Because usually these kind of ones, when they are in a particular time, they're like, oh look, we've got slightly different Oxo 
tubes and stuff like that. You know, like brandings are always, mm. that's how they do it. Like, oh, we're in the 60s because look, Coca-Cola bottles are slightly different. Whereas with this, I just thought it was, they just managed to do it well, I thought. Yes, I mean, I've never been to the 60s, but I <laughs> no, but that's what it's like. No, I didn't mean no, that. I know. I'm, just, I'm just saying that it, it, it wasn't, you know, like when they kind of make the time setting a character in itself. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. And I, I just like the fact yeah. it was just, it just a flavour. Yes, it yeah. was very 60s. I like Matthew Vaughan, I think. Um, and it's a shame because he was obviously going to direct Last Stand. It would be interesting to see. Of course, yeah. Would Last Stand be And he like co wrote this with Jane Goldman, didn't he? Yes. Um, who, I, I, to be honest, Fresh the from script isn't. I don't know what people think of the script, but. Well, Fresh from Kickass, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, it's, it's, it's funny. It's, I think it's the most writers of any X Men film so far because it's actually two writing teams. It's those two, and it's Ashley Miller and Zach Zent yeah. from Thor and Top Gun 2. Fair enough. Um, so. For me, at least, there certainly wasn't, you know, what you might expect, that kind of too many cooks sort of thing, which of no. course went on with Wolverine, you know, so many rewrites and the studio interfering and whatnot. And yeah. A lot of uncredited people there. But, it really, you know, it kind of ties together. And what I like most about it that um, I don't actually think Days of Future Past pulled off quite so well was that, I, I, I mean, the, the, the ending of the film is such a foregone conclusion. We all know exactly what it's setting up. And, you know, it's like Days of Future Past, you know, we know that they are going to save the future eventually and wreck on everything. And with this, we knew that, you know, Charles was going to probably end up in a wheelchair. Yeah. Possibly also bald. Sadly, he didn't. Um, him and Eric were going to fall out and Eric was going to form the League of um, he was whatever. The, he was going to get his, his helmet. Yeah, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. was going to cripple him and shake yeah. his head. In <laughs> 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 a weird sort of... It's misery. Playing some flippers out of his yeah. leather suits. Yeah. Yeah. Like Nito, I played by Kathy Bates. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so... It's kind of this this inevitable prequel thing going on, but what they managed to do is then spend all of you know most of the rest of the film just having fun, rather than trying to trick us into it, thinking, as with other prequels, you know, oh Wolverine's going to die at this. What? No, yeah. he's not. No. <laughs> yeah, it is a fun <laughs> film, and that's a problem I think. That to go back to the Wolverines briefly is that we know that you can't die, so there's no menace or, or risk in those films. Yeah, well, that, well, the point I think that I, I would say I'd counter, and I think that because what I love about First Class, and we will quickly get onto Dave's Future Past soon as well. What I really like about First Class is that it showed that X Men could have an X Men film without putting it on Wolverine's shoulders, even though his cameo is amazing, <laughs> like it's an excellent cameo, and um, but it's nice. But I think that Days of Future Past gets it quite well that. Um, Wolverine obviously can't, well, I mean, he can die, but he's got this, like, these healing things and everything, so the Jeopardy has to be, like, his soul or his morals or anything, which they try and um, thread through the first trilogy. His gene. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, and that's what I think they managed, Days of Future Past, I, I, was, I, I thought they managed to kind of capture that essence. No? He Olivia? just, I was, as I was watching it, I loved Days of Future Past, I really enjoyed it. But he just sat, stood there like a lemon most of the time while Eric and Charles had their friendship battles and it's kind of the same merry-go-round. And I don't know what persuading he really did other than right at the beginning <laughs> with Charles when he's like, it's, I'm, I'm back in the future. And he was like, oh, okay Sorry, then. Wolverine has played by uh, Doc Brown. <laughs> <laughs> Great Scott! <laughs> oh, we're going to get back to the future. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, yeah, I didn't right. Oh, that's that bit where he does the whole one day you're going to have to be my mentor and I'm now having to be your mentor. Yeah, Before yes. we start getting into the nitty gritty yeah, of yeah. Days of Future Past, Sorry. what do people generally think of it? Like, Because I think we've given first class its due, Sophie hates it, the rest of us love it. Um, <laughs> Days of Future Past, <laughs> what do people think? Dan, I'm coming I, directly to you because you've you, been excited to the, uh, for this, I love this since film. 2011. Since the, from the moment that the, the 20th Century Fox music went yeah. and it ended up... And it did the little X, did you love yeah, that at yeah. the beginning? 
yeah. I was. Did, did you like yeah, that bit in the logo? Yeah, yeah. I love that too. Um, I enjoyed every minute of it. Okay. I've no, I mean, there's a lot to think about, and it, 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 it sets up a whole bunch of questions that it you know doesn't answer as many as it seems to um, ask. Ask and and it does. It doesn't do much to solve the continuity errors, and in fact, well, in I mean, some cases, I think adds <laughs> even more to it, which maybe will be resolved in in the apocalypse film. Hopefully, I certainly um, hope so. But it, at the moment, it seems like we're still in a very similar position as we were. Well, I mean, it before. does kick continuity right, you know, round the floor essentially, doesn't it? I mean, there's a hell of a lot wrong with yes. Days of Future Past in terms of continuity, and it kind of one thing. I I mean, I won't lie to you. I was slightly disappointed by Days of Future Past. And I think it, it came down to the fact that it's actually important that it's one of the points that Sophie said about how we're just exposed, um, supposed to expect things. And I do kind of get it, because Days of Future Past is a sequel to two films and a prequel, and I think something else as well, <laughs> um, which is just blowing my mind. I'm bleeding from the nose at just trying to think about it. But it, 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 it does, there's so much, like, Professor X, well, you know, he was disintegrated in the last act. Yes, I mean, know, yeah, there are so many things we don't get. We, that aren't explained still. Yeah, I mean, the Wolverine wakes up in 1973 just kind of in a hotel in bed with someone and there's not much spoken about, his, you know, the bits he was getting up to in uh, in Origins, yes, etc. Stryker is now 20 years younger than he was at the same time in yep. Origins. Um, no no <laughs> reference of his brother, Sabretooth or whatever. Yeah, no, that's true. He should have been. No wife. No, no wife, of course, and, and, yeah. And no Canada. Canada. Yeah, no Canada. No can yeah, there's no Canada in 1973. No, <laughs> no that was 1975. That's yeah. Apocalypse, I think, that will come in. Canada will come in <laughs> into Apocalypse. The yeah, <laughs> I think it's, I think it's <laughs> Nightcrawler, Teenage Jean Grey and Canada and, will be introduced. I, mean, I can't wait. I, mean, I wasn't disappointed in this film until after I'd seen it. I, okay. The whole way through, I was too, I was too excited and, and buoyed along by what was happening mm. and, and, and the massive set pieces and the wonderful acting. And, and I think it went between the two time zones incredibly... Um, can we call them time zones? I guess yeah, I suppose we can. Yeah, I suppose. Um, between the two time zones, very well. Uh, not enough uh, Ian McKellen or Patrick Stewart, really. Certainly and, not. And Xavier reduced to not really doing much at all, apart from hovering around in the future and mm. um, being sort of being quite bald. Sort of, yeah, bald and, and kind of grumpy, wise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, at least Magneto gets gets a bit of action. Yeah. Well, my biggest problem with Days of Future Past, and sorry, I will throw it out again. I know I'm hogging this. Days, I think a lot of it is they squander Magneto in both time zones, if we're calling them time zones, in that they're just, he is, I mean, for me, he's up there with Wolverine, maybe even surpasses Wolverine as the franchise's most um, interesting character. You know, he's this kind of Nazi Germany survivor from the Holocaust. Magneto and Mystique are probably more interesting. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. See, I, have, I have a point on that, because... Uh, all of the films have destroyed Mystique's canon more than anyone else's. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, from Days of Future Past, we now find that Nightcrawler cannot be born. Mm. Oh, because um, Azazel dies, doesn't Azazel it? Azazel yeah. dies, yeah. and she allegedly is having a relationship with Magneto at the same time, so it's unlikely that she's yeah, given birth. But yeah, Nightcrawler is, Nightcrawler is uh, destined to appear in, in Apocalypse. Apocalypse yeah. It actually mm -hmm. ruins Mystique's canon from the first film. Rogue is her her foster daughter, so you've got that as well. So both children have been kind of screwed up. <laughs> yes, they don't really think too much. It depends how much they want to lift from the comics. Yeah, and and, and, and also and that goes into hard. When, when is this? I was expecting that to be Mystique's and Rogue's 
secondary sort of well when I when Azazel was in when Azazel was in first class, I assumed the next the next the next step would be the storyline where the same relationship. Um, I mean, I think in some of the comics, I don't know if it is the official canon, but he raped Mystique. Okay. That wasn't in the cartoon, I don't but think. I don't know. <laughs> Anton <laughs> Dex, Saturday Light, there was it. Was it was it, what was um, their morning show? I don't know if that, I mean, I could have that wrong. So yeah. There's been, be. been a lot of history of that in the comics anyway, of her being kind of, her canon being ripped up. Because, I mean, initially, yeah. Nightcrawler was, um, Mystique was Nightcrawler's dad from her lesbian what? affair with uh, Destiny, I think. It all makes perfect sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, point is, yeah. Was, the thing is that in X-Men 2, they... There is the slightest of hints that Nightcrawler and Mystique are linked, and then Azazel is introduced in first class, and and, and the fact they make Azazel look exactly like Nightcrawler, mm. um, they didn't want to make any link there. They would have gone with a different design, possibly. But yeah, the, the, yeah. The, uh, I mean, I don't want to dwell too much on this particular yes point aspect. Callum. They also kill Emma Frost. They um, do. On screen in the same Again, they they kill like a handful, I mean, don't they? they yes. get Cyclops treatment. But quite this fairly. is this is a. Um, Somewhat annoying because canonically she should technically, you know, later be able to take over from Charles um, in leading the X Men. But also, she also pops up in Origins very briefly. But the sister, but, of, but, the, but the younger sister of yes. But this is ten years after the events of <laughs> um, um, you know when she was killed in um, uh, Days of Future Past. I mean, they ha- kill a handful, don't they? In just just a kind of a line, isn't it? Like um, quite a few of the characters from those kind of well, the, from first class. Yeah, and, and, and the wonderful Banshee and Banshee and yeah. You see them on the Sentinels as well because you see one of them turn the Emma Frost diamond, and you yeah. see another one, which is another one we, we talked about earlier, which was uh, you see Lady Deathstrike's yes, claws. Yes, that was a wonderful, and a nice little nod there. That doesn't it? make any sense since <laughs> she's well, been she's, she's been dead for a very long time, mm. very dead, full of adamantium, drowned, and yeah. then covered by a broken dam. It, it does. It, so. it ties itself up in even more not. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you look for them, you'll you know. I mean, that's true. If you if you just watch it and don't try to think too much about yeah. what's come before, you'll be all right. I I feel like the, one of the points of this film is to be as revisionist as possible, because I think they're trying to move on because they the the franchise has been going for almost fifteen years, and then you've got the Marvel universe has come in and gone. Hey, this is how you do a franchise, and I think. I think that that is one of the reasons maybe mm. they they did it like that because they basically they've changed everything and they've kind of given themselves a blank slate. Yes, Not at the same time they can't they untangle themselves. Press the reset button. Yeah. Because it's very very tangled, but I do feel like that was a part of mm. what they were trying to do. Yeah, I mean if you think about Days of Future Past as being uh, a sequel to just First Class and they've just roped in the old actors because hey why not yeah I mean, they, they're still alive yeah they sure may as well barely <laughs> in <laughs> some cases <laughs> they may as well. although i think in the film in the timeline of the films xavier and Magneto must be in their 90s i, I can't even begin to think, think i mean I, I didn't know if they were using time travel at one point because <laughs> because they're quite clearly seen in an airport that's fine it looks like gatwick or something and then the next minute it opens and we're in this like awful kind of Yes, uh, Orwellian we, future. We, we could go on for exactly. hours about yeah. the things that are, the, the continuity and, mm. and, and the problems there. But as a film, if you think about it just by itself, there for a second. Yeah, I mean, I can't, Dan, because it's it's a se- <laughs> it's a sequel and a prequel to too much. I mean, if it was just a sequel to one film, then no worries. But is it serves as a sequel to the Last Stand? Well, I think about it. And just a, just I can't, just Dan. A to... <laughs> I, I can't, my friend. You um, know. Can I ask a question? Oh, sorry. Are you... I was just saying the ba- the basic problem is like they didn't need to include them because they're, they're Easter eggs. They're nothing. 
there's not really adding to the plot these continuity errors. Yeah. They're just Easter eggs for you. Like those bits with the sentinels turning stuff, you don't need that. <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> Olivia, what, what's um, the point? My question was, I read some things on sure. the internet, always a dangerous thing to do, yep. but um, can someone clarify for me? Is in the comics, I know there is one where Wolverine, sorry, where Wolverine <laughs> um, goes back, but I've heard that they took the story away from another... It's Kitty character. Pride, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. in this film, she kind of sits there and she gets a bit injured and I don't know if she's in a relationship with this Bobby guy. I don't... What I, is I that? think that's implied, I, isn't I it? I think, I imagine that the relationship with Bobby was more pronounced when their Rogue was still in the, the initial edit. Yeah. When they cut Rogue her gets around, around in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so what, what was going on with that? Was Kitty supposed to do it or...? Like I think it's Hugh yeah. Jackman is a much it. bigger name. <laughs> the way, the way I, what I thought they were doing is they were doing, you know how her powers phasing through mm. objects, I think they did a whole, you know, we're doing time travel anyway, you know, that whole space-time fabric stuff. Yeah, she phased that, well. that as well. She that as well. Yeah. <laughs> but that would have been handy. Yeah. In the comics, it is her that goes back in time to yeah. warn them, but, they, but in the comics, everything is set in a future, well, the not-too-distant future, so it, she doesn't go back to the 70s. Um, but for this to work, they needed a character that wasn't going to be a sperm cell in 1973. But they sure. also needed a that character would have been a great shot. <laughs> so many other films in this series who had seen the entire you emotional just, arc like back Wolverine. and forth, back and forth. <laughs> I'll give you, there is oh, a lot of Wolverine. Yeah. Too much Wolverine. And who styles his hair? Who's me, me actually. That's, um, <laughs> is it? Uh, yeah, Are you serious? Part of his mutation that turns yeah, it slightly more like Yeah, he was mutated by Brill Creek. That answers my big question. <laughs> I wanted to know about that. No, I'm pulling the leg out. <laughs> I have no idea why he was Let's get to Bob's stand yeah. and just quick. Right, let's go around first class. And again, I like it when, if you just want to say a sentence, like a mini review as well. So go on, Cameron. First class. Uh, okay. Um, I liked it. I couldn't find too much wrong with it, so I gave it a four. Yeah, uh, for Michael Fassbender's slipping accent. <laughs> yeah, he uh, actually does get that much better, doesn't he, in Days of Future <laughs> yes, Past? Yeah, yeah, there's only one slightly He does go a bit McKellen-y, though. Yeah, <laughs> great, but, uh, yeah, just for that, I give it four stars. <laughs> yeah, four from me, but mainly because of the continuity issues, which I can't get past. Sure. And, yeah, the uh, Irish accent. Yeah, Irish. <laughs> um, I originally gave it five just because why the hell not? But then I listened to Sophie, and I... Damn I, you, Sophie. Oh, so well, I you took it down a notch. You've changed your mind since we started recording. Yes, wow. okay. no. I'm a changeable person. <laughs> I'm just that persuasive. Um, I, for obvious reasons, gave it a two. Okay, that's fair I enough. I think they are obvious, Sophie, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Not too obvious here, darling. You held that one back. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to go with four as well, because I hugely enjoy it. Uh, right, and let's do Days of Future Past as well. Cameron. Okay, it was very messy, and the continuity was... A bit annoying, but it's you know it's fun to see all the again. I really like the Sony's character, so it's cool to see Blink in there. Yeah, I, which is why I think they killed off Nightcrawler effectively. Um, but I gave it a four. Okay. Uh, I've been ballooning on this since I saw it last night, but I think I've finally settled. Um, for those reasons, I would have given it a four, but I, I, I just think when you're getting that distracted by continuity and that many questions, which they can't even bother to try and set up possible answers for, that's it's it's, it's just kind of negligent. Filmmaking ultimately, and it's just distracted me to the point of so much anger and confusion <laughs> that I've knocked it down to a three. But it is a very good film to sit and watch for two and a half hours. Mm. I agree with both what Cameron and Cameron both said that continuity stuff annoyed me and, 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 and has pestered me since watching it. But I, I, I still think it was fun. I still love the introduction of the, I love the introduction of the new mutants, even if they were underused somewhat. Mm. Um, so I will give it a four. So. 
Um, aside from completely throwing me off with that line about all the people that they've lost, at which point I thought I'd missed a movie, I'm not joking. Um, so I'm, we all. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, what happened? Anyway, so um, I gave it a four. Going right up the other end of the scale, I'm also going to give it a four. Okay. I, I enjoyed it a lot more than the first one. Maybe, not necessarily because I had lower expectations, but I just think, I just always think it, 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 ben- it, it got the ensemble right, finally. I mean, I think Wolverine, I love him. I'm gonna love any film he's in. Sure. But I definitely think I think uh, the Magneto and Xavier relationship was much stronger. Maybe because you had to get through first class to get there. But I think their scenes together worked much better. It wasn't perfect. The continuity was a bit well, a little bit off. Maybe. Um, I just all round enjoyed it much more. And sort of I didn't have to think about it. I didn't think, you know, it didn't confuse me. Or yeah. I'm going to go with three, I'm afraid, because I'm going to completely echo what Callum said again. Um, I've seen it twice, actually. I saw it twice in, in preparation for the for the podcast. The first time I saw it, I gave it a three. Uh, sorry, the first time I saw it, I gave it a three. The second time I saw it, I gave it a four. But I do agree with Callum. When things are distracting you that much... I did really enjoy the Quicksilver um, uh, sequence, we lifted, should mention. Lifted from the Futurama episode 300 Big Boys. Oh, really? <laughs> I didn't know that's sad. Yeah. Yeah. But Harry does the same thing after consuming 300 cups of coffee. Oh, I didn't know. I'll have to watch that. But I, I, it did make me laugh that, um, with Empire. Do you remember when the Empire covers came out and everyone was like Quicksilver about yeah, how yeah. rubbish he looked? But yeah, he's one of the best. Well, I love the references as well. Is that um, he and Aaron Johnson Taylor are both in Kick Ass. And they're both going to be Quicksilver, but in different films. So they play different characters in the same movie, but will play the same character, but in different movies. Get out of that one, Dan Alton. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I'm going to give it three because I did really enjoy it, but there was quite a long, uh, quite a lot wrong with it, and I, and it and it it was tangling up in my mind and annoying me at the same time. And I can't really give something so close to perfection when it wasn't. So I'm going to go with three as well. So we're going to do some rankings now, just to say what our favourite, not necessarily rankings in order, but just your favourite X-Men film. So are we going, which way do you want to go around, Dan? Sorry, Sophie. Okay, Sophie, X-Men, favourite X-Men film and why? Uh, that would be the first, the first one, X-Men. And I think it's because, I mean, yes, the nostalgia, but also Rogue brought me to this franchise and then kind of, she is the anchor point for me of the entire thing. You know, the less time she gets, the less interested I become. And I think... I have so much love for that film and for her role and seeing her, a, a young woman getting to do that, be be that character in that film at that time, I that's always going to be number one for me. Uh, my favourite um, and number is number one is First Class, partly because it was the only no, one of these films that I actually felt like I partially knew what the hell was going on. Good point. Uh, <laughs> um, but also, um, just because, yeah, I, I, I liked I liked the feel of it, I liked the tone, um, and I liked the actors. I've already said mine, so I'm, I'm going to stick with X, X-Men 2. I, I, didn't, I, I, I can't really explain why I like it so much, but I think it's because it was uh, it took the first one and was then so much better. And uh, as, you, as we've mentioned before, the, the stakes of it, um, the proper sort of X-Men having to save the day story, uh, and, and Brian Cox. Uh, I would also say X2. I mean, I think we're still waiting for a, a great X-Men movie, but X2 is definitely the one that arguably makes the best use of its ensemble. Um, poor Cyclops aside, um, although at least it doesn't die in this one. Um, uh, and yeah, 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 you know, like Dan said, a, a very good villain. It's got incredible pacing. I mean, it manages to cram a lot in. 
uh, with very economic writing. I mean, the first one was very economic as well, but this one is just <laughs> simply better. Um, it crams a lot into those two hours, and it's, it's very fulfilling, I think. I'm going to go X2 as well. Um, I'm a big fan of Iceman, but I think this one made the best of what X-Men does best, I think, which is putting these superpowered people into a sort of real-world setting. And you watch Lady Death Strikes Death, and it's really, really horrible. Really, I mean, she comes on zombified, she knows what's she knows what's going on, she's herself again, and she finally dies all yes. molten metal. And yeah. A, tra a tragic character. Mm. Uh, and I'm going to go with First Class. It was neck and neck between X, uh, X2 and First Class, which I think are pretty much on par, but I just had to look at it with, I had so much fun watching First Class, and I do think that um, Fassbender is, uh, he's such a great Magneto, and, and I think it's even like, it came down to, uh, is it Henry Jackman's score, which I do think is like quite a memorable, <laughs> like um, when he does that pain and anger, which I've seen in like various adverts and things like that, John Lewis at Christmas, <laughs> uh, but things like that, yeah, I just think that it, it was just such a fun film, and a, a great breath of fresh air from The Last Stand, uh, and, um, X-Men Origins Wolverine yeah. it, it was like a successful reboot and kind of a nice little nod back as well so yeah a lot of fun lots of fun but I think that means pretty unanimously that X2, X2 is our is, champion is in terms of Bob rating adding up everyone's individual scores I mean the top three all, all, all draw for the top was, was first class Days of Future Past and an X2 excellent first the original X-Men coming just a point behind right housekeeping we don't have a jingle for that uh but Dan, we want to say thank you to everyone, don't we? They've been marvellous Absolutely. sports. Absolutely, it's been so yes. nice having people here. Thank you very much to our, to our team here. So thank you and uh, please come back. I'm going to say and yes, I hope everyone wants to come back. I assume not by their disgruntled faces. But right, Dan, quickly, yes, we've got something yes. else that's very special to introduce, haven't we? Yes, go on. <laughs> do you remember what it was? <laughs> that's special. Well, we're going to do two more of these specials with um, all WAV... Uh, guests aren't we staff members Absolutely. Uh, and it's going to tide us over so it's going to be like monthly this is for June we've got the July special and August before we pick up for our second season uh, in September but we're not going to tell them what it is at the moment because no. details are still being finalised aren't they it's all very secret hush hush yeah. but they're going to be good they're going to be great uh, so as I say July August they're going to be our, our summer trilogy of specials uh, but that only really leads us to say keep checking the site there's loads of cool stuff going on at the moment you can follow it on Twitter at One Room with a View. It's a numerical one. Uh, you can go to the website, obviously, OneRoomWithAView.com. Probably go there first. <laughs> <laughs> you can like us on Facebook, uh, One Room with a View. Dan, what's your Twitter handle? It's at Mr. Autumn. And I'm at the press night. In fact, our guest, do you want to chip in? Are you all on Twitter? Would you like some more? Would you like one more follower each? <laughs> I would love some more followers. Callum, uh, Cam um, Cameron, sorry, let's start yeah. with you. Uh, mine is Cameron is cold. Mine is Callum BKR. Uh, mine's just at Olivia Luda, L-U-D-E-R. Uh, mine is at Ms. Transmission, that's M-I-Z-T-R-A-N-S. <laughs> Bloody hell, your tweets <laughs> better be amazing. We should have thought, we should have really thought that through before we asked. <laughs> and we could, don't follow Sophie. <laughs> um, and we, and we, you can email us at uh, one room with a view show at gmail.com. Yes. The podcast is still coming, Christopher, and I intend to record it, by any means necessary. And I will always be there, old friend. <laughs> Done. You're listening to The One Room with a View Show, with Christopher Preston and Dan Orton.